Good evening and welcome to our Bible study and this evening we're going to look at uh, Revelation chapter 19. I'm just going to read verses from 19-11 through to the end of that chapter. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth came a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in the air, Come gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals and mighty men, of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulphur. The rest of them were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Let's pray. Our Father, we just ask now that as we consider these words together that you will give us understanding. And although they sometimes seem difficult for us to take hold of, we pray that you will use them to your glory and to our edification as you help us to see the reasons why these things are happening and we might see more of you and understand more of you. As we ask these things, we come in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this passage here, um, the passage, nations, the beast and the false prophet. And in the beginning of this passage, verse 11 through to 16, we're left in no doubt in the, of the identity of the rider of the white horse. But as we read through these verses, I want us to take special notice of the names that are given to Jesus and also think about this name that is still to be revealed. So let's read verse 11 through to verse 16. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. And coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. 
He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, when John in, in this vision sees heaven opened, he's seeing what is the end of human history. In his Gospel, John introduces Jesus to us as the living Word of God, the one who was there when the world was created. And this was at the beginning of human history. And he is the same risen Jesus that John saw ascend into heaven. And in his vision, John is seeing this same Jesus, this time on a white horse, as the judge leading the armies of heaven. Now, I want us to think for a moment through one of the Psalms. It's a very, very short Psalm, Psalm 98, and you can read it right through. It only has nine verses. I just want to share the first verse and the last verse as we take something from this Psalm. Psalm 98, it starts, Sing to the Lord a new song, for here's the marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. And then the Psalm ends with this verse, verse 9. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. So within that psalm, we have Jesus the Saviour and Jesus the Judge. I want us to go to the speech that Paul made to the people of Athens. Now, these people didn't know about God, and they didn't know about Jesus, they didn't know their names, they had lots of idols that they worshipped. And Paul introduces Jesus to them as the one who God raised from the dead. Listen to these verses from Acts 17, verse 30 through to 31. Paul is speaking to the Athenians. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So Paul is introducing God and he's introducing the resurrected Jesus. Names are important. Names are a means of identification, identification of who we are, of who we belong to, identifying things that we do and things that we've done. And in these passages, we have a number of names being applied to Jesus, each one revealing more of the character of who Jesus is. Now, we already know him as the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us, Saviour, Redeemer, the Lamb of God. And we've just read here, he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His name is written on his robe. This is identifying to us who he is. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And on his thigh, a thigh is the traditional place for carrying a sword. And on his thigh, the King of Kings 
and the Lord of Lords. Now, when he returns as judge, it will be that he will have a new name that is not yet known to us. But what this new name will do, it will then reveal to us something more of the greatness of his character. Isaiah 62, verse 2 and 3. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hands, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. So we don't know what this new name will be. And really, you know, who am I to suggest what the name might be? We'll have to wait until God tells us what that name is, so it's pointless to try to speculate. And the book of Revelation is very much about waiting. In Revelation 19, verse 17 through to 20, this passage that we're going to look at now is a contrast to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Remember back in verse 9 of this chapter, we read, Then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. And now here, in verse 17 of that same chapter, we read this. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, Come, gather together for the great supper of God. And then in verse 18, So that we may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and mighty men, of, of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all peoples, free and slave, great and small. This is horrific. This is what a horrific description of death. And it's meant to shock us into realising First of all, the need for a saviour, the need for a redeemer, but also the need for a judge. It speaks of the awfulness of sin and the devastation effect that it has. And then the passage goes on in verse 19. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. Well, verse 20 starts with the word but. I want you to think about that word, but. But the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, who had performed the signs on its behalf. And with these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulphur. So the beast and the false prophet, the first beast, the servant of Satan, the second beast, the false prophet. Notice how we are told that they were captured. They'd come for battle, but they were captured. The battle had already been won. 
Really? Think about that. Verse 21, the rest were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Now, to help us understand these verses, I want us to go to the words that God gave to the prophet Isaiah, referring to God's day of vengeance and redemption. And as we consider them in the light of what we are reading here in Revelation, we can begin to understand what is happening in Revelation. So Isaiah 63, verse 1 through to 6. And notice in these verses that the questions that are asked and the answers who are given. Take note of who is speaking. So it starts, Who is this coming from Edom and Bozrah, with his garment stained crimson? Who is this robed in splendor, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? It is I, proclaiming victory, mighty to save. Why are your garments red like those of one treading the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone. From the nations no one was with me. I trampled them in my anger and trod them down in my wrath. Their blood spattered my garments and I stained all my clothing. It was for me the day of vengeance. The year for me to redeem had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled that no one gave support. So my own arm achieved salvation for me and my own wrath sustained me. I trampled the nations in my anger, in my wrath. I made them drunk and poured their blood on the ground. Now, after you've read that, after you've considered the questions that were asked and who it was who answered the questions and what he was saying in his answers, I want us to now go back to Revelation chapter 19 and consider these verses that I'm just going to mention to you. Verse 13, it says, He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the Word of God. Revelation 19, verse 15. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. Revelation 19, 21. The rest were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Now, we've looked at the allusion to the Old Testament. We've read what we have here before us in Revelation. And I want us to consider now um, another verse, this time from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and actions of the heart. You see, Revelation 19 is not Jesus and his army fighting for victory. This is Jesus, the victor, 
bringing judgment on a defeated enemy. Can I repeat that as you listen to it again in relation to what we're looking at this evening? This is not Jesus and his army fighting for victory. This is Jesus the victor bringing judgment on a defeated army. The battle was fought on the cross. The victory was won. And the enemy was defeated when Jesus rose triumphant from the grave. Here's a few words from the Old Testament and a few from the New Testament. First one is in Jude, verse 14 and 15. Enoch the, serv- Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Let's go to the New Testament. Matthew 16, verse 18. And I tell you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Why? Because the victory has already been won. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 through to 58. This is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth. He's speaking about these things that we're reading of in Revelation, these things that are there right throughout the whole of scripture and paul said i declare to you brothers and sisters the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable listen i tell you a mystery we will not all sleep but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised in in imperishable and we will all be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now, We've been looking at the names of Jesus and there are many names there because there are many facets to his character. But I want you just to think of these few things. I'm going to think of, you know, God with us. That's when Jesus, be- when God became man. Hebrews two fourteen to 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death we might break the power of him who holds the power of death that is the devil and free those whom all their lives were held in slavery 
by their fear of death. Okay, we've mentioned that the, the victory was won. And it was won on the cross when Jesus died and rose again. That's when Satan was defeated. Colossians 2 verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them at the cross. We've heard the name King of Kings. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, this time verse 25 through to 26. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. We've also this evening seen Jesus the judge. 1 John 3 verse 8. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And that will be done when that final judgment day will come. But what about you and I? What about the church? What do we do between the time when Jesus died and rose again, and when he returns. Well, the war is won, but we still have to battle. And this is the verse that we refer to many times as we go through the book of Revelation. It's Ephesians 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Just as we close this evening, I, I want us to just think of the words by the hymn writer Robert Lowry. The hymn is, Low in the grave he lay. Let me finish with these words. Low in the grave he lay, Jesus my Saviour, waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Vainly they watched his bed, Jesus my Saviour. Vainly they sealed the dead, Jesus my Lord. But up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He rose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He rose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Death cannot keep his prey Jesus, my Saviour, he tore the bars away, Jesus, my Lord. And up from the grave he arose, and with a mighty triumph for his foes, he arose a victor from that dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Our Father, we ask your continued blessing upon us as we go through this coming week, and as we go through this book of Revelation. And our Father, we just ask that you would encourage us through these days, which are difficult days. But our Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your provision. Thank you we have a Saviour, a Redeemer. And thank you that justice will be done. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So, this evening, let's take the words of that hymn with us as we go into the next chapter, chapter 20, and on through to the end of the book of Revelation. And it's not an easy part to understand. But in the meantime, consider these words we've looked at this evening. 